Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking to some of the speakers at the uh, Social Media Life Corporate Technical Station Dublin next month. Today, I'm talking with Katie Manor, Head of social pay, Paid Social Worldwide for... Uh, Mediacom. So how, how, do you, how, how are you doing, Katie? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you doing? Oh, great, thanks. So tell me a bit about your background. Sure. So um, I've spent sort of the, the past 10 years or so uh, working in digital marketing and, and digital media. Um, I'm based in London, where I have been for the past three years or so, uh, but I'm originally from Canada, so moved over to, um, to work in a specialized paid social role um, and have been doing that sort of ever since. And uh, what do you do with, what does Mediacom do exactly? So Mediacom is a media planning and buying agency. We are the content and connections agency. So we spend a lot of time focusing on um, the connection point or the media touch point, uh, but equally looking at the content, so what the, what the consumer is actually consuming in those media channels. And what kind of brands would you work with? We do a lot of work with, uh, from a worldwide perspective, with some of the biggest oil and energy brands. Um, we do a lot of work with CPG clients and direct response clients. Uh, sort of a, a really broad spectrum of um, everything, kind of from travel to consumer electronics uh, to business to business brands. So we we kind of uh, cover it all under the under the umbrella. So I guess your clients wouldn't wouldn't be small; they'd be large large uh, well known companies. Yeah, they're quite sizable clients. I mean, we, we do work with a spectrum of different size clients, um, and the advantage to working within a sort of central um, central hub team is that we can offer anything from sort of small ad hoc execution for social uh, right up to kind of big multi-market um, international campaigns. And how do you go about planning and executing a global campaign? So for paid social, we spend a lot of time um, with with what we call our audience-led approach. So we start with sort of where where our audience is, what kind of data points can we use to look at um, how our audience are consuming content and what channels they're spending time on. Uh, and in, in line with that, we also take an objective-led approach. So we're focused on um, what what the business challenge is for our clients and what the objectives are going to be for the campaign. Um, so we sort of start with those two things and, and kind of root our strategy in those things. And then we factor in things like tactics, ad formats, uh, measurement, and and sort of try to future-proof our strategies so that we're innovating and, and testing and learning, but also setting ourselves up for um, for long-term growth and measurement. Each, uh, sorry, each of your clients will have a different certain, certain platform. Like one client might like to use Twitter, or more like Facebook, so it varies according to clients, what platforms you use. That's right, yeah. So our clients all take sort of um, slightly different approaches. There are sort of the mainstream social platforms our clients leverage, such as Facebook and Twitter, um, but there are also platforms that are emerging or less mainstream even still, um, platforms like Pinterest that our clients are starting to test a lot in, in terms of e-commerce for retail clients. Um, LinkedIn is a big big player for a lot of our business-to-business clients and our tech clients. Um, so we do, again, look at sort of the platforms and how people consume media on those channels when we're, when we're making recommendations for our clients. Yeah, and you mentioned some uh, not well-known uh, platforms. What would they be? 
I mean, some of the emerging platforms that we um, that we start to see, Snapchat certainly isn't emerging anymore, um, but it is new for a lot of our clients. So we're trying to coach our clients to test on platforms beyond kind of the big players, which would be Facebook and Instagram. Um, and we kind of constantly monitor, not just within uh, Europe, but from a global perspective, what the emerging platforms are by market, because those are nuanced. And we have uh, bigger players in, in markets like China and Russia, um, where Facebook isn't the dominant player. So we sort of do look at the consumer, we look at the marketplace and the landscape and how they're consuming content, and, and we make recommendations on platforms based on that. Yeah, and I guess China right now would be a, a really, really big market to get into. It is, yeah. We've, we've got local teams on the ground there who are very active in supporting our local clients in China. Um, the social landscape there is entirely different. So there are platforms um, like WeChat, which are, are the dominant platforms in, in that market. So um, we work hand-in-hand with our, our local teams and our local clients to make recommendations based on, based on the market and the um, and consumers. And also, again, say, for example, you've got a client who's using uh, advertising maybe uh, on, for example, YouTube, and uh, something happens like the controversy about certain content being shown there. Is it very easy for you guys to diversify and change your tactic? Pretty quickly. Uh, to change the tactic from sort of platform to platform, you yeah. mean? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we do, um, my, my role is focused in paid social and my team focuses on paid social channels, but we work hand in hand with our other specialist teams activating across other digital channels to make decisions around campaign optimization. So, to your point, you know, we might see something interesting happening on YouTube and um, make an adjustment to our strategy on Facebook as a result of that. Maybe it's a targeting adjustment, um, for example. So we, we do take sort of a, a, bro- a broader approach to looking at channels holistically. If, for example, on, on uh, YouTube, the, the was last year, there was controversy over content, and if suddenly you decided that you wanted to diversify and move into a different platform, you can probably do that with ease. That's correct, yeah. So we, I mean, we have a very focused team looking at uh, brands safety from all angles to our group M level. Um, but when there are challenges with platforms for, for any reason, brand safety or other, we do look at, again, back to that audience-led approach. We look at where our audiences are, and if we do decide to shift away from a particular platform, we look for an equivalent uh, platform elsewhere, or we look at consumption habits more broadly to, to make those decisions. Yeah. And what, what sort of platforms do you like using the most and the least? Uh, personally, I, I have a few that I use for different reasons. I mean, for exploration and, and kind of um, just browsing and exploring content, I tend to use Instagram. Um, if I'm planning something, I, I tend to use Pinterest for sort of planning ideas, checklists, things like that. Um, and sort of for fun or creativity, I use Snapchat quite a lot and Bitmoji in particular. So um, sort of different channels for, I guess, for different, different reasons, personally. Because I know that early in the year, Snapchat introduced, so uh, they changed their UI and UX of the platform. When they did that, they lost uh, quite a few uh, followers. Did that affect you that much? Yeah, I think the, I think the interesting thing for all, all social platforms is that change is constant. So the platforms are, are constantly evolving and they're hacking what they're doing. Um, but they are all, you know, the thing they have in common is they're all rooted in the consumer first. So they're looking at 
how people consume content, how, how sticky the platform is to them, and, um, you know, if there's a change to the algorithm. I mean, Twitter's gone through this where they changed uh, the timeline and the, the way content is served up in feed. Uh, and they look at user response to that, and sometimes they switch it back, and other times they, you know, they keep it in place. So I think that's what's really interesting about social platforms is that they, they don't stay the same, and they monitor how consumers are, are responding to changes uh, sort of in real time. Because yeah, I know that over the air, Snapchat, when it first first launched, it it doesn't do what it does now. And what it does now, it it, it brings brands more to uh, to the common person in the street. And years ago, I, I couldn't see that happening. They've done a done a great job doing that. Yeah, I think they've they've done a really good job at recognizing opportunities in um, e-commerce in particular. This is a big focus of ours, and and for a lot of our clients and and. Um, Snap have integrated a lot of functionality to enable kind of swifter transactions, swifter path to purchase, um, and more exploration as well. So we're seeing a lot of um, case studies and use cases for augmented reality. So automotive, this is big for, you know, they've, they've um, integrated with BMW in the past to, to do kind of walk-arounds of, of vehicles. So, um, yeah, they're, they're really kind of pushing the boundaries when it comes to um, tapping into more than just kind of photo sharing, which I guess is the initial um, initial purpose of the platform. Yeah, for me, I like the way they have these short videos that go with that you can put on there, which means you're not going to spend half an hour CBD. It's short, snappy, and gets the point. Yeah, and I, we're we're seeing a real shift, obviously, more broadly in how video is consumed on platforms. You know, it's a very fleeting space in terms of attention, and the platforms are responding to that too. You know, we've seen Instagram rolling out. Instagram TV, um, Facebook with Facebook Watch. So I think we can expect a significant shift to long-form content in social, um, which seems really promising. Right. Now, next month, you're going to be talking at a social media live conference. What were you talking about? So I will be talking, uh, broadly speaking, sort of about some challenges that brands are facing um, and really some opportunities in social. And this is, you, you know, a really broad topic, but touching on things like measurement, content integrations, um, and really sort of consumption or the connection touch point for people because it's sort of, you know, constantly evolving. There's a lot to talk about, uh, and I'm sure even between now and October, there'll be a handful of things that have changed and nothing will look the same. So it's a, it's a really exciting time to be talking about um, challenges and, and opportunities, more importantly, for brands. And I guess those challenge opportunities are probably going to be the exact same worldwide with just a few tweaks here and there. Yeah, I mean, that's the interesting thing about uh, being part of a worldwide team is we get to, to have this sort of bird's eye view across different markets. And you know, while we do see nuances in terms of audiences and, um, you know, how people respond and engage with different content types, a lot of the challenges, broadly speaking, and a lot of the measurement priorities are are the same. So we, we spend a lot of time working with our local market teams on things like measurement framework and how to set brands up for success because a lot of those best practices can be replicated globally. Yeah, so anything else you want to add to the podcast? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, that's great. Thanks so much for that, Katie, and I look forward to seeing you at the Social Media Live Conference in Dublin. Great, thank Thanks. you. Take care. Thanks, Bye now. Thanks. Thanks, bye.